Good morning, everyone. Well, today readings were about forgiveness. And we have to go through them step by step. So hopefully by the end of the homily, we'll have a better idea what it's all about. St. Nicholas of Tarantino said of forgiveness the following. It is not easy to forgive or ask for forgiveness. But with the aid of Christ's grace, we can ask for forgiveness and mercy and forgive again and again. And St. Augustine thought of forgiveness and said the following, to be willing to surrender one's natural right to revenge, no revenge against your opponent. That is to say, when you stop watch, wanting to hurt someone for having hurt you, or do not want bad things to happen to them because they hurt you, you have forgiven them. Do you agree with that? Right? Makes sense, doesn't it? So now you are declared saints. You go from there, okay? And let's go a little bit further. Let's see what the Catholic Church, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says about forgiveness. It says, it is the love that loves to the end and becomes a living reality. Forgiveness is the fundamental condition that reconciles the children of God with their Father who is in heaven and of men with one another. Beautiful, beautiful definition of forgiveness. And this leads us to say, therefore, mercy and forgiveness should be the heart or the center of Christian life. And today's readings wisely remind us exactly of that. And that we must not cherish our stubbornness against forgiveness, nor cherish our anger and bitterness against those who hurt us, nor refuse mercy and forgiveness to those who have done us wrong. The book of Sirach, our first reading, is the wisdom of Ben Sirach which focuses on the temple teaching of the faithful. The author is a sage who lived in Jerusalem for and was imbued with moral principles and the worship of God. This is why Sirach warned, warned the people back then and us today not to be resistant or persistent in our anger and unforgiveness when dealing with others. He said, anger and forgiveness and wrath, these are abomination, and sinful men will possess all three. Therefore, we must pay close attention to the Lord's prayer, prayer, which we recite in our daily life very often. In the middle of the prayer, it says, we say, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. When we say this prayer, we are asking God to forgive us exactly in the same way as we forgive those who hurt us. In other words, if we are harboring unforgiveness in our hearts toward others, as we say this prayer, we are calling a curse upon ourselves. A curse upon ourselves. So let's face it, we are all in desperate need of forgiveness 
and to receive the mercy of God. And the greatest block to receiving God's mercy is resentment and anger. Now, let's just, you know, I don't want you to really, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, don't take me wrong here, because, because anger, righteous anger is okay sometimes. Look what happened to Jesus in the temple, right? He turned the tables upside down because people were using his father's house for, as a marketplace. And that was righteous anger. But, but when we let anger harden our hearts, it completely blocks the grace of God from flowing into us and through us. Forgiveness removes the block and allows the grace to flow in and out and makes us a better people. The psalmist, King David, put it so beautifully for us today and gave us hope, saying, God forgives all your iniquity when you, when you repent. He will not always accuse, nor will he hold anger forever. He will keep his stead love toward those who love him in love, or who stay with him in love. In our second reading from, from, uh, from Romans, St. Paul continued the theme of the need of mercy and forgiveness, saying, for none of us live for themselves alone, and none of us die for themselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. This really means simply is this, since we are for the Lord, we came here to do that, right? God put us on the earth to serve, know him, and love him, and be with him in eternity. Since we are for the Lord, we cannot live alone in isolation. We cannot. We are the body of Christ, and we must remain connected to each other for the sake of the whole body and for the oneness of the church. We gather here every Sunday to do that. Then we, come, well, then we come to the gospel of today where Jesus strikes at the teaching very hard, at this teaching very hard with an eye-opening statement about the wicked foreman who will not forgive the very small debt of his servant even though his own huge debt has been wiped clean by his master. The wicked foreman will not forgive. He is greedy, dishonest, and searching for power at the expense of others. This cannot be so. This cannot be so in the kingdom of God, in his church. Mercy and forgiveness among brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, you and me, must prevail. Mercy and forgiveness must prevail, as is demanded by Jesus himself so that our Lord can forgive us and shower us with his mercy. Again, in this regard, the church must be united and speak in one voice on matters of faith. We must not fight each other. We must not rush quickly to cancel or remove those who defend the deposit of faith of the last 2,000 years and hold dear in their hearts the teaching of Christ and the apostles. Prayer 
and forgiveness are needed desperately in our church today to overcome the anger and resentment of the people due to the abuse, mismanagement, and injustices that permeate the very fabric of our life. Again, mercy and forgiveness must prevail for us to survive. Well, Peter and the disciple were no different than you and me. They needed to be, they needed to forgive and ask for forgiveness for the injustices they did to others and others did to them. So Peter came forward and asked, how many times should I forgive those who hurt me? Seven times? With a big question mark. But Jesus responded, Peter, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. But have you ever wondered why did Peter ask such a question to start with? I'm sure that Peter was thinking about the many times that Jesus forgave him and the apostle for their mishaps while on the journey of faith with Jesus. Think about it for a second. You have a Peter, a fisherman, and you have Matthew, a tax collector. Those don't mix, right? You can't mix water with oil. Think of Judas Iscariot. He's way down from, the, 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 he's from Jerusalem. And think the other 11 apostles way up in the north. They don't mix either. They have different mentality, different philosophy, different look at life. And look at Simon the Zealot, right? He wants to have some, some military action against the Romans. So the mix was not there. So I feel sorry for Jesus. I don't know how he handled these 12 people. It was not easy for him, I'm sure. But he did. He did handle them well. Look what they did. Even though they were different people, different color, different shape, different mentality, Jesus was able to put them together and change the world. He changed the world. So out of chaos, Jesus was able to bring good. Think about it. Out of chaos, Jesus brings good. So no matter what chaotic situation you're in, ask him to come into your life, and then he will fix it. He did before, and he will again and again and again. So I think one more thing, just one more thing about the imperfection of the apostles. The disciples were discussing who was the greatest among them in the kingdom of heaven. Can you imagine? They were talking, who's going to be the best up there? And Jesus responded strongly to them, to their behavior, saying, Truly I say to you, no one, unless you become like children, no one will enter the kingdom of heaven. The disciples certainly were not perfect, and they made many hurtful comments to each other as a journey with Jesus in faith. But Jesus corrected and forgave them for each, for each, one, for each one of their mishaps. He was there for them. And to understand the reason that Peter used number seven instead of any other number, we have to go back to your favorite books, the Old Testament, the one you like the best, right? So we have to go to the Old Testament to see why, G why Peter used number seven. 
because number seven was a very special number for the Jewish people. Number seven is also associated with mercy and forgiveness of sins. In addition, number seven being perfect number, it was also associated with forgiveness and mercy of sins. So when Peter tried to confirm that number seven is the final number to confirm that, that forgiveness will happen before condemnation, Jesus gave Peter an expect, unexpected, unshocking answer to any Jewish man back then, saying to him, you must forgive your brother not seven times, but 77 times. This really means a limited number of times. As long as you live, every time somebody hurts you, you have to forgive them, period. Nothing mysterious about it. Note that Peter was, I'm also, you know, also we think Peter being a fisherman, but also he was Jewish. So he knows the Torah left and right. He knows every verse in it. So I am sure he chose number seven for good reason. Peter was also aware of the book of Proverbs, where it says, the just man falls seven times daily and rises up again seven times after mercy and forgiveness. Peter was also aware of your favorite book, Leviticus. This is a book that you usually pick up from your shelf and go take it to your bedroom when it's time to go to sleep, you start reading it, right? And that book also says, during the time of atonement, the priest, the priest shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it on the seat of mercy where God resides on the cloud. The priest shall sprinkle some of the blood seven times for the atonement of his own sin and the sin of the nation. So Peter thought seven times is, is as high as he can get. And once you hit number seven, you are, you're in big trouble. But Jesus said to him, no, Peter, my mercy and my forgiveness are unlimited and always flowing like water, gushing forth from a spring that will never dry up. Then Jesus provided Peter and the disciple with the parable of the forgiving king. Jesus said to them, there was a king who had just returned from a long journey, and he called his servants to settle accounts with them. One of the servants, a foreman, owed him about 10,000 talents, a huge amount of money that no one could have paid in a lifetime. And one talent we back then was about 5,000 denarii. So if you add them together into about 50 million denarii, no way he could pay it. The foreman knelt before the king with a contrite heart and asked him for forgiveness and mercy. The king, feeling sorrow and compassion for him, he gave him, he forgave his debt. And this is what Jesus does to you and me. No matter how many times we sin, no matter how many times we fall, we just have to go to him with a concrete heart and ask for forgiveness and he will give it to you. I guarantee you that. And I think Father Mark is my witness. Would he do that? Right? God will forgive us when we ask him to do so from within our hearts. Then Jesus continued the parable saying, the foreman went out and found one of his servants who owed him only a hundred denarii or less. 
compare that 100 denarii to 50 million denarii. There's a big, big difference. Seized him and put him in prison until he could pay the debt. What do you think the king will do when he finds that out? Well, you guessed correctly. In his anger, he delivered the foreman to the jailer for his action. In reality, really, the foreman put himself in jail, right? The one us did. He put himself in jail. Just like we put ourselves in trouble when we do not do the right things. And finally, the message for us in the last 10 minutes or so, the message for you and me is very simple. Jesus wants us to forgive and forgive again. And warn us that we cannot expect forgiveness for our trespasses unless we are willing to forgive the trespasses of others against us. I think if I remember from 1 Peter, Peter tells us, if you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. And if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. So let's not be stubborn and say, I will never forget that guy because I am going to drown him with guilt. That does not work. That does not work for you or me. We have to forgive. We must Put aside our enmity toward people and be like the compassionate king to await his crown, his crown of glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.